0: Smith with a track titled Panic. I'm David Eastor. This is The C-86 Show. Welcome once again to another thrilling ride of life as I'll be bringing you songs you know, some you don't and some you should. Always playing the finest in indie pop from the golden decade. This week's special guest is going to be the turn of The Claim, because I spoke to David Arnold very recently to talk about life, love and poetry and all that other groovy sort of stuff, because they've got albums, releases, live dates and much, much more. But to get the party rolling, I think we should play your favourite and mine. This is titled Not So Simple, Sharon Says. Another slice of indie pop perfection. That is the claim with the track that's titled Not So Simple, Sharon Says. And this is coming or is about to be released on the, um, the record label, which is titled A Turntable Friend Records. And this is the album Boomy Teller. And this is going to be coming out on the 22nd of March, which is exciting just in itself. Plus, it's going to come out on green vinyl. I know and deluxe cd and if that's not enough to make you start hyperventilating and frankly i've already had to sit down to take a puff of ventolin they have got a live date which is going to be the 23rd of march and this is at the hundred club with special guests the jasmine minx and also treasures of mexico who feature members of the dentists so there you go the medway scene is still alive and kicking so i've got an interview with david arnold from the band who i um spoke to a few weeks ago so i've got that coming up but before we have any more exciting chat i think we should play another track this is um, also taken from that album and this is titled love letter you're gonna love it There you go, The Claim, with a track titled Love Letter. This is David Eastall, this is The C86 Show, and this week's special guest is David Arnold from The Claim, who I spoke to, and we're going to hear that interview very soon. But I think we should have some admi- admin, because that always all makes me very, <laughs> and gets me very excited. Um, if you want to contact the show, you can, via Facebook or Twitter, just go to at C86Show. And also, I've um Podcast and archived all the shows that I've done so far, and there are hundreds. So you can find those on um, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and also Mixcloud. Just go to C86Show and you'll see them there, just waving at you in a slightly excited and manic sort of fashion. Anyway, as I said, the claim are back and are sort of um, not just back. In the words of Gary Barlow, for good, they've got been releasing and uh, doing lots of exciting things. So they have a album that's just been reissued, which is called Boomy Teller. And this is going to be coming out on the label, which is titled A Turntable Friend Records. And it's going to be available on Green Vinyl and Deluxe CD. They have a live date on the 23rd of March at the 100 Club with some fantastic special guests and they've got a new album that's going to be coming out in May but before all that I think we're going to have the first part of the interview with David where I began by asking that incredibly interesting question how did it all begin and how why David give us the answer
1: yeah so so we we were uh I I think um yes Yeah, slightly odd. Well, it it felt as though we were odd in in the sense that we uh, grew out of like a a schoolboy band. We were um, uh, all at the same school in a village in in North Kent. And we we all got instruments at the same time when we were about 11, 12 years old and formed a band immediately. That was like in the late 70s. Uh, but, but we just just kept playing, kept playing, uh, and I started off doing you know all kind of just kind of covers of you know things that were on top of the pops and all the rest of it. But it became influenced by new wave and 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 punk. And then by the time, yeah, we got to the period when you know we were able to to play proper shows in front of. Uh, people in pubs and, the, and 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 the like in the, in the med, near nearby medway towns uh, which which had a bit of a scene at the time uh, we we were beginning to listen to you know the the, the the growing kind of indie indie scene and certainly you know we were really impressed with the, the smiths and thought well the, you know this is uh, different this is this is interesting this isn't a million miles away from what what we want to do so they were
0: obviously a very uh, important influence early on yes well there's there's three bands that a lot of people mention um that i hadn't sort of put all together there's the smiths but then there was june brides and also the go-between seemed to be the three bands that people go you know they one of them or if not two and sometimes people even had the whole three were just like very influential influential to the sort of to those early indie days so were they also bands that you became kind of Less, less,
1: uh, le, le, less so. I, I think um, <clears throat> before before the Smiths, you know, we we kind of uh, through that that kind of you know the, the punk punk thing. Uh, I really really loved the Jam, and and that that whole c- kind of sound, that that power and and uh, kind of a- anger, if you like, uh, really in, in, inspired by that. And 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 I think. When indie started, we we kind of retained some of that really, and 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 I think you can hear a little little bit of that with uh, with our music, particularly our our, our early music, um, and and then I guess kind of connected with that jam influence was was a bit of the 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 kind of uh, the, the the mod stuff as well, you know, looking back to the looking back to the sixties. Yes, uh, but um, interestingly, I think from the Smiths. You know, as the as indie progresses, what what probably the, the 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 next big thing for us was recognising similarities with some of the some of the creation uh, groups, some of the early creation groups. Re- really liked the Jasmine Minks. Uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with them. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, they they had a they had a similar similar kind of uh, uh, set of influences, and you know, we 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 kind of uh, you know had a, had a pretty good. Uh, relationship with them on on the on the you know on, on the back of that that was that was all kind of like you know like attracting like if, yes uh, well that, if, absolutely if, if, if you will yeah well, it's
0: interesting because yeah. there was quite a lot of those um, yes that sort of Scottish indie scene with the people like the Orchids and Jasmine Minks and I have to say it, they, they, it's all blurred I mean bizarrely I've done interviews with both of those bands and <laughs> done specials on them so but it was a while back and with age you know you forget you know who said what and until I sit down and sort of listen I go, oh yes I remember them now but you know that's just old age for you creeping in isn't it? really but so were you you know because it was kind of interesting you got this medway scene so were you in you know were you kind of very aware of that and did it feel a bit like a you know like Hate Ashbury in the 60s with the Grateful Dead and the sort of yeah you know, did you feel like you were a bit of a musical on a bit of a musical zeitgeist at the time
1: yeah, we 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 did. I mean, the the the, the Medway stuff was great. There was there was there was so much to to listen to. There were some some nice venues. Uh, there there was a uh, you know or, 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 although competition was was kind of in, inevitable. There was also a, a you know a, a certain amount of um, uh, you know kind of helping and supporting each other as well. So you, you had people like Billy Childish and the Milkshakes and uh, the Prisoners. Uh, and, a, and a great rhythm and blues band called Wipeout, who were kind of like the first, you know, kind of wave of that Medway, uh, Medway thing. It went back a li- little bit before that with, you know, some of the some of the stuff Billy was doing in the uh, in the punk rock period. But uh, uh, yeah, by the time we came along, we we kind of, you know, were influenced by that and took lessons from it, and uh, you know. Looked at the business model of, of uh, if, if if you like, groups like the the, uh, the milkshakes and the prisoners who were, you know, very much into you know DIY setting up your own label and so on.
0: Yes, and also uh,
1: and, and knew how to do, knew how to go about that and uh, kind of let you in on the secret, told told you how to do it.
0: And that can only be a good thing. A sort of holistic love fest going on there. That is the first part of my interview with David Arnold from The Claim who obviously is getting as excited as I am with these um, new releases and also a live date. And um, for those who might be excited about the Jasmine Minx, I did an interview with Jim more years ago, but I did another one very recently to find out about his um, latest musical adventure because there's a new single that is coming out as well very soon. And if I get my mind into gear, I can tell you a bit more about that. But I will think... This is time to play another track from The Claim. This is from an album that came out in 1986, a fine year for music, titled Armstrong's Revenge. And this is Gullible Travels. Take it away. Beautifully crafted music by The Claim. That was a track called Gullible Travels, which came from their um album Armstrong's Revenge. Hello, this is David Eastall, the C86 show. Getting excited as always, and um as I said earlier, and hopefully you were paying attention. Uh, they have a live date on the 23rd of March at the 100 Club, and supporting them will be the Jasmine Minx, who were, for those people who are making notes and want to appear, Knowledgeable, the first band to be signed to Alan McGee's Creation Records back in 1984, and they too are have been busy in the recording studio with a new single titled Step by Step, and that's come out also on a Turntable Friend record record. So um there you go, and uh, they will be playing live as well as we said. But anyway, this is the second part of my interview with David Arnold, where I was um, talking about those early years of the band which um they released their first two singles i do believe this is the question i had um on their own record label which i was very impressed by not only making music but also setting up their own indie label and this was david's reply david take it away
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it 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 was certainly um some something that felt exciting and and brave you know we had to <coughs> you know take out bank loans and all the rest of it and uh uh, you know, put put our kind of money where our where our mouth was. But 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 the thing was, we you know we we went where others had trod before. So you know we we knew that. Uh, I mean, the dentists did this with their first album as well. You know, you 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 kind of. You know, you can get like a, a a package together where where you spend a week in the studio and uh, you know you you come out with um, 500 copies of an album. You know, so, you know a couple of months later.
2: Yeah. Uh, so so uh, you know you work out what you can sell them at and all the rest of
1: it and that the, that opportunity to to then send those off and uh, get reviews and get airplay. You know, we 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 did with our first album. You know, we got a good couple of plays on. Um, on Peel and uh, uh, Andy Kershaw as well on Radio 1, you know, which led to a distribution deal and,
0: uh, uh, you know, ensured that we could do another record after that and keep going, so... Because the other thing thing which was kind of interesting culturally is the the sort of, um, I'm not sure if this was part of your world, but there was, at that time in the early 80s, things were quite grim and there was very little money and sometimes very little sort of optimism in the air, unlike now, Um, and... uh, Yes, so a lot of people would just kind of go unemployed for a few years just as a kind of career move almost – um, just because it was kind of trendy especially if you're on the sort of left of center or the far left of center and there was the, the job seekers allowance and the enterprise allowance schemes and those gave bands that two years of sometimes also just practicing and not having to worry about getting jobs or anything mostly the, you know just getting stoned really making a noise and being rock stars and then you know within that period that was often where a lot of people would create something kind of that John Peel would sort of go oh this is this is kind of quite unusual I'll, I'll Put this on the show. So did did that kind. Of, I'm not saying you took drugs, by the way, but you did did sort of having sort of. Um, I just wondered if you also had a bit of a similar background to the world of um, being unemployed while being in a band.
1: No, not not not, not really. I mean, the, the the whole thing for us was um, you know working to be able to, uh, um, to 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 finance running the running the band. Really, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get a, get a get a get a bank loan if I hadn't had a hadn't had a job. Uh, uh, that's that's the reality. I, d- I do remember uh, Mark from the dentist doing the uh, the enterprise loan, um, the, and the, the, that that I, I know was also something that uh, uh, I, I read Alan McGee uh, I took advantage of as well when he was setting up set, setting up creation. There's a, there's a very good book actually by a- Andy Beckett. Um, promised promised you a miracle, uh, where where he talks about uh, the you know the, the, the early years, the the early 80s. And that's um, that, that's kind of one of the ironies in this. You know, all these people who were uh, on the on the, you know, the, the left of centre, if 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 you like, you know, politically, and you know, all, all about alternatives, um, did did make good use of uh, policies that were about promoting an enterprise culture, which. <laughs> which in, in many ways is the, uh, is the opposite of all
0: that. Yes, though I think sometimes people read a lot into that going, we're all Thatcherites just because, you know, we wanted to start a band or, or have some initiative. I know there's a few kind of right-wing kind of columnists and so-called historians who like to sort of say, yes, that proves that, you know, we all, we all kind of feature a certain DNA of Thatcher and you think, well, I don't know, I think they're trying to sort of um, put two and two together and, and sort of say, oh, yes. Oh, well, yeah.
1: Absolutely, it suits their narrative. But uh, I mean, the, the irony is quite striking for me. Yes. Than, yeah, well, yeah.
0: I realised that at the time, you know, because actually being cynical and angsty and emotionally insecure was quite something in the 80s, as well as, you know, drinking barley cup and eating TVP, <laughs> uh, you know, textured vegetable protein for those who wonder what that TVP is. Um, yes, it, it was kind of one of those things, but it didn't feel like one was. You know, like somehow enjoying this time, but it was kind of useful you know that that enterprise allowance was an absolutely brilliant thing, which was you know I think it's almost like having a minimum wage for sort of your population, which would be quite good. For a lot of people, you know, it stopped people falling through the net, so to speak. So, um, anyway, that's politics, isn't it? <laughs> like, so, as, as the band progressed, how did how did you sort of keep that narrative going? Because, because obviously, you know, things kind of start optimistically, and then you know you have that first album, things are great. The second album, a bit tricky, and 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 I've also found anybody who ever does America, you know, is, are slightly traumatised, and that's often when the band, you know, calls it a day.
1: I, th- I think after our first two re- releases, we got 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 better and more more interesting in 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 many ways. Well, um, well, 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 that's what you know. That's my view anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we we hooked up with with a guy uh, called Kevin Pierce after our initial releases, who was responsible for a really uh, important fanzine called Hungry Beat. I don't know whether you came across that.
2: No. No, it's it's
1: uh, it's, it's worth uh, worth looking online and, and uh, having a bit of a look into it. But he was a he was a real uh, a champion of early uh, 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 creation, uh, but also um, groups like groups like Hurrah He was a, a massive champion of. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, good good friends with the the early uh, creation artists, McGee and uh, uh, Gillespie and so on did did lots of uh did lots of uh writing and proselytizing about these uh uh these these you know these these developments in independent music and he started a label called assyrian communications and he put out his first three releases were uh, a live jasmine mink c p uh, a, a live hurrah album uh, called way ahead uh, which he got lots of flack for because uh um, had signed for Arista records by then uh, and they'd forgotten that they'd given kevin uh, um permission to, to put this out he he recorded these these uh these records on his um on his uh, on his walkman All right. <laughs> so so the sound quality was awful but the but the performances were, were were absolutely stunning and then his third release was our uh our next album called Boomy Teller which is just about to be uh reissued by a, a german label called a turntable friend records uh, and that 's coming out in uh, in uh, hopefully uh, about a month's time
0: yes. on uh, on
1: green vinyl with uh, with some extras and uh, gatefold sleeve and all the lyrics and all the
0: rest of it there you go the information from the horse's mouth well the lead singer that's david arnold talking about uh, the claim and the release or the reissue of the album Boomy Teller on a turntable friend that's coming out on the 22nd of March. I'm sure you made a note of that on Green Vinyl, Gatefold Sleeve. Lots to look forward to and a live date on the 23rd. But before we have any more chat, I think we should have some more music. This is going to be another track from the album that's titled Beneath the Reach. I know I had it written down then I've missed it. Anyway you're going to love this song and also I'm going to put it back to back with something by the Jasmine Minx. I wonder what track that will be I hear you say. Well you'll have to wait. take it away.) you go. The driving pop sound all the way from Aber- Aberdeen, the Jasmine Minx with the track titled Think. And as I said earlier, and hopefully you were paying attention, they have a new single that's coming out on a turntable friend records titled State by State, which is, I think, coming out around the 22nd of March. But don't quote me completely, but it's pretty much in that ballpark and will be, able- be available on all forms of um, I don't know, all different formats. I don't know. I don't keep up with the young people nowadays. Anyway, before that, we had um, another track by The Claim, which is titled Beneath the Reach, from the album Abumi Teller. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 show, and this is going to be the third part of my interview with David Arnold, when I started to um, not just start, but I asked him the question about how did the ban come to an end? I know, I keep the party rolling, don't I? Um, Well, I certainly know how to kill the mood. But anyway, this is the answer to why the ban finished in those early years. David, break it to us.
1: Uh, Well, it it just felt like it had run its course, really. Uh, By about uh, 1991, 92, you know, the amount of people who were going to going to shows... um, uh, it was was one of the kinds of places that we we were playing, uh you know, wasn't it wasn't growing, you know, it was just like the the uh the committed view and we found it very hard to uh, get any uh any any coverage for what we were doing. Uh it, we, we were we were like deeply, deeply un un uninteresting to the music press. Yes. Nice. Uh, the, the the record record label Assurian, Kevin had uh lost heart and uh and given up so yeah it just just felt as though there was n- there was there was no energy in the in the scene although, although we were still writing what we thought were very good interesting songs and uh, making recordings uh we we couldn't get them in front of um new audiences which was in- incredibly uh frustrating at the same time you know we were we were going to clubs and they were you know full of Full of young people having fantastic time, uh, and uh, it, it just felt that's where where the energy was then, and that uh, guitar music, you know, unless unless it came out of Manchester, uh, um, yeah, it was uh, was it was dead. Yes. Uh, but then, obviously, within uh, within about eighteen months, you know, the kinds of sounds we we'd been making were were on top of the pops. I oh, know. I, it,
0: I hadn't sort of, um, yes, I hadn't probably appreciated this, sort of, how, how tough it is to be in a band, really, because not only do you have to get on with yourself and hopefully got some form of management or at least some good administration administration within the band. You also have those changing musical kind of fashions, which get constructed by probably journalists and the media. So, you know, you had that indie pop period. And often, you know, when I say indie, indie pop is, you know, the 83 to 87, I think you know, and it's the years of the Smiths, they definitely felt with that five years that by the end something was shifting, you know, and anybody who released anything in that period generally you know got sort of quite a bit of play with either you know the NME you know or John Peel etc but then you know then the, the dance scene happened and you know bands like um, the Happy Mondays and Stone Roses and Soup Dragons did so well and then you had Seattle Grunge and if one of those didn't knock out most people the other one definitely did you know because it just became guitar-based bands and you know yet you had bands like the Sundays and Carter who you know you're thinking oh they were fantastic but you know they they're sort of Timing was sometimes a bit tricky. Though, on saying that, Carter did headline Glastonbury in '92. So, just at that point, when you gave up, yes, Britpop sort of appeared and um, sort of uh, probably wagged its finger at you, saying you should still be here.
1: Well, we we weren't really kind of paying attention. So, uh, yeah, you know, everyone kind of got on with their lives. So,
0: yes, did yeah. you have a did you have a moment where you sat down and all said? Shall we, to quote Jim Morrison, call it the end? Or did you sort of just not turn up at a rehearsal?
1: Yeah, no, no, we had decided. But uh, yeah, we'd, uh, we'd, we'd call it quits. We, you know, we did a final gig and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, which was, um, you know, suitably um, uh, uh, sad, but kind of a celebration at the same time.
0: Okay, that's the third part of the interview with David Arnold from The Claim. I think we'll just break it there. While the mood takes a little bit of a downturn But I do think there's going to be a happy ending Oh yes indeed I think we're going to play one more track Because we need to break it up and uh, groove on But this is going to be another track by The Claim This is titled Treasure Hunting You are going to so love this song very exciting wasn't it that was a band who are also going to be playing with the jasmine minx and also the claim and they are for your i hope you're making notes here the treasures of mexico that's a track titled super cute that came from an album that was released last year which was called Everything Sparks Joy, and that features uh, members of The Dentist. I know, it's a bit of a Medway love fest here, isn't it? And before that, we had again another track by The Claim, and that was um, Treasure Hunting. Yes, I remember. So there... There you go. This is David Eastall, the C eighty six show, and I will in a slightly desperate way just mention how you can contact me. This is um via Facebook or Twitter, just go to at C eighty six show and again um all the shows have been archived on Spotify. Um, iTunes, Mixcloud and also Podbean which is my new best friend so there you go now this is going to be the fourth and final part of my interview with David Arnold from the band where where, yes I was talking about those kind of grey lost years when the band had finished and whether he'd kept in touch with the other members and um, yes actually I was just being incredibly nosy wasn't I but um, I had to ask it because it felt important and this was David's answer David what were the dynamics when the band finished?
1: Oh yeah, you know we remained the best friends definitely, and you know we do, you know we have subsequently got back together and uh, it, you know we we did a, a couple of shows to, to promote um, uh, a, a retrospective that Ravola put out called Black Path, uh, um, which uh, came out yeah probably just coming out for ten years ago, so we did some shows around that and then got asked periodically to, to, uh, to do, do a couple of things, like um, play at a, a festival in, a, in the Medway towns, uh, played at a, a, like a, a Medway weekend at the 100 Club as well, and then just recently we've been um, working on a on a new album, which uh, uh, will again come out on a turntable friend. That will be out in May, uh, and we're going to be doing like a curtain raiser for that, twenty third of March at the Hundred Club. God, uh, where that's we're going
0: fantastic. to
1: be played by uh the Jasmine Minks and uh Treasures of Mexico which features ex dentists.
0: So Pick it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a indie love fest, isn't it, really? And so how did you know, I'm always curious with these guys, you know, it's like I said, there's um yeah, a turntable friend in Germany and also Fire Station Records from Germany and then in New York, I think you've got Cloudbury Records who've all been sort of, obviously these guys who run these labels obviously obsessed with kind of finding the sort of indie bands from that period. So how did um, how did they find you? Well,
1: uh, the, the guy who runs Turntable Friends, he put out a single by the claim back in, uh, back in 92, a single called Say So and uh, yeah, I think he, he kept, that label going until uh, I think probably about two thousand, and then had a bit of a break, <laughs> and then started it up again. And when when he started the label, uh, restarted it after a, after a long um, fallow period, uh, he d- he did want to put out a compilation featuring uh, some of the things he he put out back in the day, but also you know any in, in uh, any odds and ends demos that uh, that bands he was associated had, and he d- did that for a, for a, a charity. So we got talking again because of that. And when he heard we'd got back together, he was he was very keen to hear what we were up to, Uh, and and, uh, yeah, was offered to not only re-release Boomy Teller album but but also do the new stuff as well so yeah yeah he's a he's he's a great guy he's really really behind what we're what we're doing now. Which
0: is great and also the one thing that has caught a lot of people out as well is the wonderful world of admin and publishing did you manage to navigate those waters a bit easier because you were on a more than independent label rather than sort of a slightly I don't know either a major or even a big indie. Yeah, I mean, I just wondered if you managed to keep the kind of publishing rights to your music and can release whatever you want from your back catalogue.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're we're uh, we're in total control. Uh, that 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 was certainly um, all, all the case when we had our own label. Uh, but then with Assyrian Communications, which was Kevin Pierce's label, I mean, he he was uh, you know very very uh, fiercely uh, um, in, in, independent and determined for us to do things our own way. So uh, yeah, we, we retained all the rights and everything. We're we we're, we're all we're all sound.
0: We're all sound. And also and you and you and the band is still sort of able to sort of um get on stage and do it, which is amazing because I've did I have noticed that in the last few years a lot of the indie bands have sort of got back and have started playing. You know, and some are as a band, some as just a solo artist, I think. Pete Astor and also uh, the guy from The Brilliant Corners um, has also done sort of solo stuff and, and yeah, it, it's kind of great to see people still doing it Does Have you sort of found yourself sort of playing to um, people who have been with you since the beginning or have you picked up some new followers?
1: Yeah, it does feel as though we've picked up uh, new followers actually um, th- th- There is, I-, I noticed this kind of grey pound thing going on <laughs> <where> <laughs> There are lots of people who want to go out and go to gigs again so I think more that more people um, are willing to kind of uh, take a chance now on a good good night out. You know, going go and finding a, a band that they might not have seen back in the day, who uh, they they've heard of, they they know we're part of uh, um, something bigger. So yeah, they they got a few um, you know clues that this might be this might be a. I'd say more people come and see us now than uh, than they ever did back in the back in the the uh, eighties.
0: Yes, and just quickly, curious, can I, really. and can I just ask you one just this is just to, to finish up. What would you say to your eighteen-year-old self in in the world of music?
1: Um, well, I probably wouldn't say anything to my eighteen-year-old self because I know my eighteen-year-old self would turn around and say, "What what's this? What is this fifty-something?" Uh, no, I, I know the <laughs> answer everything. But but uh, if, uh, if, if, if I were to be able to count on, um, uh, you know, catching my 18 year old self in a more uh, reflective and reasonable mood, it would probably be to um, line up and enjoy myself a bit more. <laughs> because, yeah, certainly uh, back in the day, we were all really quite intense about uh, our, our music and what we were trying to do. We probably took ourselves a, 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 little, bit, um, a little bit too seriously.
0: It was hard not to in the eighties, wasn't yeah. it? Really,
1: lighting up, young man, lighting up,
0: and that quite sadly is the last part of my interview with David Arnold from the Claim. And as he said, lots of exciting stuff to look forward to. I think um, you can find them, follow them on Facebook. They probably have a website. I should have checked, and I, before saying this link? But anyway. Just go and do some kind of, I don't know, cyber stalking. You'll find them. And um, yes, lots of exciting stuff, including uh, the reissue of the album Boomy Teller on the 22nd of March and the live date at the London um, The 100 Club on the 23rd with the Jasmine Minx and also Treasures of Mexico. That, sadly, dear listener, is the end of the show. But uh, don't worry, next week I've got lots another guest, I'm sure, or two three probably loads so um i'll leave you with a couple of songs one by the, uh, the claim titled all about hope from the album and also the new single from the jasmine minx step by step and no it's not the whitney houston song but anyway have a great week